a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book show brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, the Biggs Dark Lighter to my Wedge Antilles, it is John Campbell. <laughs> Hi, hello everybody. Uh, is there, Are you just reusing the same ones from the last time we did an adaptation? You'll have to listen back and find out, won't you? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm trying to go, I'm like, although I think I might have been a Porkins in that. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I'm always a Porkins in my heart, though. Uh, Aren't we yeah. all? Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, you know, I always just, I'm like, God damn, if that guy can meet whatever physical fitness is needed for the pilot program, then I'll be just fine with what I would <laughs> um, so, Yes, here it is, Gregory, the epic conclusion to the Dark Horse Special Edition Adaptation. Oh, man. What a thrilling read this is. Yes, indeed. Today we are covering issue number four of Star Wars A New Hope Special Edition. Mm. Number four from 1997. Mm. Originally okay. published by Dark Horse Pop Comics. Reissued and read digitally by us by Marvel Comics. But this was originally published April 2nd. 1997. Can you believe people had to wait four months to find out the thrilling conclusion of this book? <laughs> I think we looked at this before. I think the other ones they just put out as single like graphic novels, right? Correct. I believe so. Yeah. Because yeah. trying to spread this out over who was buying this month to month going I need the, uh, probably a lot of people, but obviously. In 1997? Yeah. Obviously not enough people that they did decide, you know what, let's just give them all at once. Because I had the, um, I think I mentioned this, I had the Empire Strikes Back one, but that mm -hmm. was just, a, it was just a single thing. It wasn't. Yeah, and, and anytime you see these republished, especially this one, it will only be the, the single volume edition you see. Oh, they're not the doing facsimile editions of this classic? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, we've got basically the same creative team as last time. We've got Bruce Jones as our writer, Eduardo Barreto as our penciler. We've got Al Williamson on inks and Stephen Dutro on letters. Uh, with, with another uh, Dorman uh, full art cover that is meant to fit together with the other four issues uh, to this, make this big art I think panorama. this is my favorite of the Dorman pieces. Number one uh, is the one that most fits the actual issue. Yeah, let's uh, I'll pop in the cover right now. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We, we've got our Star Wars New Hope 4 of 4. We've got uh, our uh, fighting fighters flying over a perilous trench in some kind of space station or uh, some other. I'm not sure which it is. I don't know. I haven't opened the issue yet, so I'm not. Th this, is, this is where my consternation with this issue begins, John. So, right from the cover. <laughs> yeah. I've been like disappointed with the series thus far and yeah. have been very like oh this feels perfunctory this feels like a, a money grab yeah this is the first time where i'm like getting actively agitated by this <laughs> book sure and it starts right here with the cover because in the top left corner we have a, a round uh quarter circle of the death star right yes 
and that is meant to be the centerpiece of the four-piece panorama that these covers kind of the fit together. The thing that really connects them is that all together they make the sphere of the Death Star, yes. Right. But what is it that the X-Wings are flying over at the bottom of this cover? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's also it's, the Death Star. And I know somewhere in my mind there's a voice going, it's just an artist cover dummy, shut the fuck up. Don't <laughs> complain about it. It's like a, it's just like a catch, right? In your brain, it's like, mm, yeah, can't wait. Uh, uh. Yeah, the, 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 there are two Death Star, and I guess like the same was true about the last issue. If you look at the cover of the last issue, they're also standing in front of the Death Star, but that feels way more like artist interpretation-y because it's just characters standing with a Death Star background. This is, like, lifted from the scene of X-Wings flying over the Death Star and preparing for the trench run, right? Like, I don't know. Something about it just bugs me. Does it need to be here? Could it have just been a star field full of X-Wings? Would that have been weird? I don't know. Yeah, is the Death Star background just like, well, we need some business there because it can't all be stars for reasons. I don't or know. Or the other thing then, if you're going to do this, maybe make the thing that connects, you know, the Millennium Falcon or something. Or something you know, I don't know. Yeah. And but I know you had trouble on the last cover. You had some trouble uh, naming some of the background characters uh, mm-hmm. on that cover other than like Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Yeah, I know them. So here we've got Luke Skywalker and Leia, classic, right? Yep. Can you name any of the other characters? Oh, of course. I mean, we've got Gerald Dodon, obviously. Okay, okay, okay. All right. You lose me on the guy next to him. (laughs) And see, here's where you lose me, too, because, like, I don't remember Mr. Clean being part of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, he's, 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 look at those cheekbones on this guy, man. Mm -hmm. He's on those. Well, and then you've got this collection of X-Wing pilots, one of which is Wedge. I think the center one is supposed to be Wedge, right? Yeah. But the other two could kind of be anybody. And that's the thing with this. That is yet another thing that we'll get to in this issue is like beyond calling out Wedge repeatedly because he was a more popular character in this era specifically. And and specifically in Dark Horse Comics. Correct. We totally lose any characterization of any of the other X-Wing pilots. Well, they've isn't... done all the stuff with Biggs. Oh, yeah. I, w- the fact that we even get a name drop for Biggs in this yeah. issue actually surprised me, considering they, how much they, they'd erased him from the last issue. ignored any other thing that indicates him being a character at all. But that's sort of the thing when you go, okay, I'm pretty sure that's Wedge in the middle. That looks like Dennis Lawson. And then... How does the guy, either of those guys not have a mustache and be Biggs, or a heavier set guy is Porkins? I mean... So presumably that's just Red Leader, and I guess the guy on the right is probably Gold Leader, who we never actually see? Kind of by process of elimination. (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting for how rendered and painted this is, for Mm. where detail just starts to go... You know, and considering Star Wars is such a franchise that is singling out specific characters and like expanding on them, expanding universe stories or giving them action figures with making up names for characters so that they can have an action figure. Dude, most of what I know about some whole characters comes from the back of an action figure box. Right. (laughs) And the fact that. We have all that, like, loving detail that is put in by, let's be honest, merchandising companies, but it's still there. 
Yeah. And then it's completely just like, well, and there's just some bland X-Wing fighters and Mr. Clean shows up for an issue. I don't know. Okay, I'm so glad you also didn't know who that guy was because I was like, (laughs) I was racking my brain going, who the hell is this guy? You watch. I'm going to revisit A New Hope and rewatch it tomorrow or something. And in the background, I'm going to see this bald motherfucker wandering around on Yavin 4 going, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's just gonna be back there pointing, going, "You, yeah, I'm supervising. You mm-hmm. get over there. That's a thing. Get that ladder." Uh, he was probably he, standing in the crowd at the medal ceremony at the end. <laughs> I'm. He's the guy who, like, when they look at the photo they have of that and go, "Like, wait, how'd this guy get in the photo?" <laughs> Me, Jerry. How you doing? Oh, I was at the, at the who medal. invited Jerry? God he's damn it! Guy, you know what? He's the guy who goes. You know what? No medal for the Wookiee. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Staunchly <get> anti-Wookiee Jerry. <laughs> tell that. Tell Captain Solo to get his dog out of here. That's right. What? I said it. To any of our listeners named Jerry who are staunchly pro-Wookiee, please let us know in the comments below. <laughs> our our good friend Jerry Crispin, I think, is pretty pro-Wookiee. So, um, um, let's get well, into this book. We got our timeline, which we have to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love that we- timeline. Love that timeline. It's the highlight of the book. Um, <laughs> For me, culturally, yes. I mean, immediately, let's jump into... Um, is this Luke? <laughs> Luke is the third panel down. So this first page we actually get to is them... Luke is the third the panel star. You're telling me these are different guys? <laughs> okay. The first one's oh, definitely Red Leader. Yeah, and then it's and then red later. This, I mean, you you they they make it clear from the dialogue, but they've done next to nothing beyond giving Luke's bangs in his thing. Well, and right? his helmet is specific. It's got the two rebel logos in the front, yeah. whereas everyone else has like different little art bits on their helmet. But well, I mean, Gold Leader doesn't even have eyes, so um, right because he's ostensibly not a character. Yeah, it is. Gold Leader is a voice. Um, but right off the bat, we have this book doing something the other books really haven't done. They started doing it last issue, but now they really lean into it this issue, which is caption boxes. Yes. Suddenly, this book uh, is feeling the need to fill us in on what's happening. Whereas before, it was a lot of hand-waving, like, you've seen this movie, you get it, right? Yeah, we're doing that part. Remember that part? <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah. So for some reason right now at the beginning of this book and continuing for the rest of this issue, this yeah. uh, the authors feel the need to like fill us in on what's happening. This might be kind of confusing. Actually. <laughs> in the fourth month, they finally yeah. realized that maybe people who are buying a Star Wars comic would like to know what happens in a Star Wars. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, everybody, we're just, well, boy, get ready to just fill time, folks. Um we're getting in here. We're heading in there. Let's go. And next page, we get this double page spread of X-Wings scattering. Two squads of rebel fighters peel off. The X-Wings dive towards the Death Star's surface because the art clearly doesn't show that. <laughs> so the the thing I'll say, though, about when you when you start, you know, freezing motion and uh, uh, doing it as individual images in a comic book uh I like the X-Wings turning, but this one in the front, the positioning is kind of awkward on the way it's like, what? So, 
what I would assume is that the X-Wings peeling off, they do those like cool fighter maneuvers where you've got the, the fighters drafting one another and peeling off in formation. We saw a great example of that in the Rogue One movie, which I maintain has like maybe the best space battle in all think, the films. I think it's firmly in the argument for it. Yeah, I think yeah. I absolutely. That space battle rules. Um, So when you see... <laughs> Three X-Wings heading in three distinct directions, one of which is oriented so strangely that I can only presume he decided to spin because that's a neat trick. <laughs> the previous one in the front looks like one guy just went, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm losing it, man. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, the guy in the front is going straight down and is going to collide with the surface. Especially if the idea is that he's banking and, like, drifting. The fact he's got full exhaust coming out the back of his engines makes it seem like he's just nosediving, like he's kamikaze in this thing. I mean, it, it is famously hard to show off, like multiple bits of movement in a single panel oh, like yeah exactly that's why you have the whole like uh transparent we uh, back in the panel up or panel on panel stage we called it the donovan where it's mm -hmm. like characters moving in sequence and the transparencies left behind equal like what the movement they're doing on the panel is right right uh here they just once again they've chosen to, to do three different motions with three different x-wings the problem is, as you're pointing out, yes, that loses the awesome formation of what looks like trained fighter pilots. Right. Instead, it's just like, like ah, scatter! <laughs> a Death Star! Oh! Uh. It's roaches and the lights get turned on and they just... Bah! Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I want to think of X-Wing pilots when I see them, is that they would just be like, oh shit, oh no, oh god! Um, they panic. They're panickers. Uh, but that's like distinctly uh, we go against that in the next page because we cut to them swooping in formation to X-Wings sweeping under the turbo laser battery. It looks a lot better. Yeah, looks looks a lot better. Still, yeah. like, I don't have any sense of where anything is or what's going on other than like, you know, it's Star Wars. Don't worry about it. As we pointed out here, the art here is not bad, but it's not great either. This it's, is totally... Yeah serviceable i mean talk about serviceable we cut to these two panels at the lower part of this page where we get another caption box saying while in the masasi outpost war room which the fact that they dropped the masasi outpost as like the yeah. name of the base on yavin is such a cursory like uh, i'm scouring wikipedia for the name of a thing so i can throw it in here because no one else that a they never use that name in the movie ever it's certainly not no so throwing it in here feels very just like, oh, we know nerds. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 yeah. And also, uh, they cut to Princess Leia. And it, and once again, yeah, that, it's so weird that they've been hand-waving. Then we cut to here. Like, I can't see that she's in the war room with that, like, tactical grid behind her. Right. Yeah. Also, the weird, deep-focus 3PO at the side of the... I'm here. <laughs> There's some weird digital filmmaking thing here. It's like, you'd think that he would be in soft focus in the foreground, but no, it's yeah. all just crystal clear resolution. For the YouTube, he just basically is like... <laughs> just slowly leading into frame. Hello. Uh <laughs> oh, God, now I kind of want 3PO played by Nick Kroll. God damn it. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> See, 3PO here? Uh, yeah, he's... 
<laughs> and then, it, but it the way they do this, and then I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm to make of the background disappearing. Then for just a close up on Leia, I guess it's meant to be this like the battle is happening, but none of the dialogue really. <sighs> Leia looks concerned, and we need to devote two panels to that. Because in the movie, it's just a quick cutaway to her looking like, uh-oh, things are getting started, and I need you to be concerned about it. It's a very artsy thing. If I look concerned, then I look more concerned. But we're really going to emphasize it by now the background has disappeared. Mm -hmm. And in a 70s comic, we would have a that whole black background would be taken up by a thought bubble of Leia explaining the situation. And we'd get mad about that as well. I sure hope Luke and all of his friends are okay up there. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I'll take this over. The, a huge pet peeve of mine is just way too many words on a comics page. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, relatively sparse. And again, it is that thing where it's like, well, we've been at this for 20 years. Y'all know what a Star Wars is. Let's just get through this. But the well, fact that it... Star Wars 2 by now. Right. And the fact that, and on the next page it does this as well, uh, we get these reminder text boxes where before it was just like, we all know what's happening here. Don't We don't need to over-explain things. For some reason in this issue, they feel the need to say, Wedge maneuvers his fighter through toward the Death Star. It's like, yeah. first off, if you're not going to devote any time to making the art look like Wedge, the text box really feels like the writer after the fact saying, well, this is Wedge. Don't worry about it. It's Wedge. I mean, it's got to be Wedge, right? Yeah, uh, That's Wedge? That could literally be anybody. I mean, it can't be Biggs because he doesn't have a big mustache, but... True. All we can do is start eliminating who he couldn't be. We know it's not <laughs> mostly due to, as you talk about the details on the helmet, because uh -huh. we're cut to the next little insert panel of Luke. Um, but Wedge is just a guy. The fact that the caption says, and in Luke Skywalker's cockpit... As yeah. though, like, any meaningful action is actually happening when we just have a close-up of his eyes and the bangs, and it's just like... <sighs> and in Luke Skywalker's yeah. cockpit, he looks at some stuff. Yeah. This is Red 5, I'm going in, he goes, whoom, and somebody tells him to pull out, uh, which is always good advice, usually, is just pull out. <laughs> <laughs> That one. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we get some some wooming and some shrooming then when we go to the next page. Uh, and we get the quick back and forth of just like, you okay? I'm a little cooked, but I'm okay. Uh, yeah. Then we cut inside the Death Star. So Sir, we've got all of these moments, all these iconic classic <sighs> moments. I mean, I do love the Darth Vader thing of like, we'll have to destroy them ship to ship, get the crews to their fighters. Like yeah, Darth fine. Vader saying, I'm going to handle this battle myself, even though it's outside in space, oh, is yeah. badass. Absolutely. That's fine. But it's like, look at all the pieces of this. It's just, it, there's just something wrong about the pacing of this to me. So the first couple of pages here really speak to sort of an experimental sort of panel layout that normally can be fun and interesting if you're doing fun and interesting things with it. Agreed. Later in this issue, we're going to default to the most standard panel layout you will ever see in a comic book to the point yeah. where Watchmen famously like deconstructs it to yeah, the, point the, out the format the, of it. Yeah. yeah. The three by three grid. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll comment on that more when we get to it in this issue. But it, it really does speak to a level of, like, we just need to get this thing done. So even as, 
interesting as it starts out, we just have to default to normality by the end. To everything about this book feels rushed, and that's the thing. I don't get the sense of somebody sitting here, either writer or artist, sitting here and going, "Okay, how do I? Let me picture how this page should be laid out." It's just like do this, do this, do that, do this, do this, fit it on a page. Mm -hmm. Because, like, once again, you get this whole thing like. The cutaway to Vader is cool, except like, why is it here in this panel layout? Because technically, this is around the kind of time it happens in the movie. So the panels aren't really trying to tell an interesting motion of narrative. They're simply laid out in that fashion because the artist thought it would be cool without yeah. really any consideration to how narratively it all fits in with itself. This is the time we need Vader to do this, not, oh, here's where the page turn would happen, here's where the eye needs to go. It it, it doesn't. It's not bad flow, but there's just nothing interesting about the way it goes from panel to panel. Well, because especially those two Vader panels feel so weirdly out of place when considering, like, traditionally how you would read this is, on our left side of the page, we have this big image of the X-Wing pulling away from the explosion with the shroom, which I, I like that sound effect. I it's a good shroom. Yep. But and then, I like a good, uh, good uh, uh, lettering on that, too. The flow of the art would sort of dictate that you go straight down to the panel just below it, but mm -hmm. I don't think that's actually how it should be read, right? It should go, you go for the shroom, then you go to the top right panel, and then work our way down is, mm -hmm. I think, how it is meant uh, to be read. The other thing that's weird about it is I actually feel like the more interesting thing would be is like ditch this Luke insert here and make it just the Vader scenes over in the side panel like it's happening concurrently as mm. a scene. So mm -hmm. you can kind of read it either way then. But the the starting with the Luke takes me from that big panel to Luke for one reaction and then to Vader. Right. No, I totally agree. I think that would actually make this page flow a lot better. Um, yeah. Because then yeah. you can independently have those three panels on the bottom that continue the motion of the X-Wing uh, dogfight. Yeah. And then uh, I guess this is, uh, we, we finally get Biggs because he does have a mustache. Yeah. And he's saying, I'm going in, cover me, Porkins. And Who's Porkins responds. Because we've done nothing with him. Uh, we get a, On the next page, we do get oh. a panel with Porkins. Yeah. You get one Porkins panel, folks. Right before he explodes. Right. Um, <laughs> God, I know the guy. Uh, William Hootkins. Hootkins, yeah. William Hootkins, because as you know, I do love Star Wars, but my favorite movie of all time is Batman 89, where he plays Sergeant Eckhart. Mm -hmm. Eckhart, think about the future. <laughs> and he has one of the great line deliveries in the history of film when he says, uh, this guy's drinking Drano. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, he's also in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's in a lot of iconic stuff. Yeah, no, he's one of those, he was a character actor of, like, the 70s and 80s that, like, was in a ton of stuff at the time. Basically, and... he was just, like, a London actor, and anything that shot, you know, at Pinewood, he was in it. I wouldn't be shocked if he was in the Bond or two as well. Oh, sure, he had to be. It's just, like, he was just around. Yeah. Uh, he's in Superman. Uh, he's in Superman, he's in Batman's, you know, that's pretty good, man. Yeah. Hootkins, R.I.P., man, the late great William Hootkins. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we get, uh, Biggs and 
Porkins strafing the tower. We get some interior shots letting us know that they are, in fact, killing men. Uh, mm -hmm. And <laughs> then we cut oh, to murder Porkins. Is happening. Don't worry, yeah. folks. Murders yeah, are yeah. going down. I mean, yeah, they're murdering fascists, and we're okay with that. Oh, we've always been, you know, the Empire or the Nazis, whatever, man. Fuck them, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the famous Porkins, I've got a problem, I can hold it, pull out, and then he evaporates. What I find interesting about this art in particular is that it really does highlight Porkins' immolating skull in this bottom right <laughs> panel. Yes. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> I found that very upsetting for some reason. Yeah, because in the movie, the way... The way <laughs> it's so emphasized, too. Um, yeah. The, the, you know, in the movie, it's always just kind of like... Uh, we've seen so many X-Wing pilots blow up, and it's always kind of the same thing where they go like, Ah! Oh no! And then it cuts the outside of the ship exploding. Yes, rarely do we see any charred remains of an X-wing pilot. Oh my god! What you never see is like Luke flying through the wreckage, like, oh, a man's arm is in space. Oh no, the carnage of warfare. Seeing the like flame blackened skin flaking off of the bone as the <laughs> ship goes up in fire. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. We never go full scanners inside of an X-Wing cockpit. You got a guy who's like, I'm not even dead yet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, like, I, I don't really want to, like, be thinking about the, the trauma of war in a Star War. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't Private Ryan or something where it's like, we're really dealing with what it is to die in war. A admittedly, the one time we do see that is in Revenge of the Sith with Anakin, right? <laughs> that is true. But that is consciously designed trauma that explains a character's backstory. Yeah. You're like, oh, I guess that's why he's so pissed all the time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, yeah, uh, after that page. <laughs> as, if, as if you can even, I, I wanted to put this thing down. My stomach was churning. Uh, I don't know if I can ever get past Porkins' <laughs> burning bones. Well, what, although I do <laughs> scorched. Porkins cut to just the stern face Peter Cushing like mm. the rubble base will be in firing range in seven minutes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Boy looking. I mean, I'm not going to say Peter Cushing wasn't craggy, but they've made him real craggy looking here. Yeah, there's an expression. He's to, not. To... He's not this decrepit yet. Cushing when he's in Star Wars, you know? No. The, the expression hook nosed is sometimes used to describe people and rarely is it like literal as it is on this page where it's like a hook that comes down over the lip. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is oh, man, I yeah, I don't like this drawing at all. Um, it, it's it's it, it's a problem with the inconsistency of this comic. It's not inconsistent like the 70s books when mm. we talk about those, but it, it there is stuff where it's like Sometimes they're it's so heavy on the detail, and other times uh, it, it, it's it's done like this, and he's looking like a uh, he looks almost like like when the Pixar old man characters come out. Mm -hmm, act, mm -hmm. You know what he looks like is that Jeff Dunham old man puppet. That's <laughs> oh. what he looks like. Why do I yeah. know the name? His Walter, name is Walter. Right? Why do I know the name of Jeff Dunham's puppets? Well, we, like, grew up. <laughs> we, we, we were there for the rise and fall of Jeff Dunham. Yeah. 
but the fact that there was a rise speaks yeah. to the 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 rot in our culture. I think for like a couple years, we all went insane and thought that was funny. I don't know what happened. <laughs> those sometimes it's like it's like uh, when you find out that Shrek was nominated for a screenplay Oscar. <laughs> You're like, I guess we all just went insane for a year. Um, it's like. If today somebody says like, okay, my comedy act is I'm gonna have a bunch of racist puppets. Yeah, can I do that? Yeah. And no, <laughs> no, you can't. You're not allowed. <laughs> Stop it. But he found the exact window where we were like, oh, this is pretty funny. <laughs> but then pretty quickly, like after like a year or two, it was like, oh wait, this is not okay, is it? Okay, oh great. Wait, wait, Walter. you're saying the puppets are still him? Oh no. And oh, he, he mm. <laughs> <laughs> we were all just so taken by the magic of ventriloquism that we were yeah. like, oh, wait, is he doing that voice? Oh, he can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I think he still has a Vegas show or something, probably. Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Luke, trust your feelings. Once again, doesn't really work if you don't know the movie, because otherwise you're like, what? Yeah, and and the fact that, yeah, there's no visual indication that that is anything other than Luke's thought bubble. Yeah. Maybe uh, he's just thinking in the third person. Luke, check your feelings, buddy. <laughs> uh, they have made all of this so much more violent. There's so much more fire and people leaping away. from. Look at these guys just getting obliterated than there is in the movie. Like, everything happens... Uh so fast in the movie, I guess is the thing. Yeah. When you turn the panel, you're like, good lord, these men were being cooked, weren't they? Yeah, and look, that's always going to be the case in comic books, right? To really focus yeah. in on a explosion means you show an immolating corpse or two. That just <laughs> is the way of the world. Well, if you've read any of my comics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is child play. Um, but... Um, we, the, uh, we cut to a uh, Frank Miller drawing in the bottom I, middle panel here. Yeah, I, all of a sudden, this thing gets real, like, moody, and all of a sudden he goes, I'm not going to draw facial features anymore. <laughs> Which is a style, except for it hasn't been the style at all in this book. Mm -hmm. No, there is a real discoordination, it feels like, between... Uh, Beretta, who's on pencils, and Williamson, who's on inks. And yeah. if there isn't... That's what makes comics such an interesting medium, right? Is it's so collaborative on so many yeah. different levels. And if you're not moving in lockstep, or at least like have a really good back and forth between those different levels, whether it be the writer and the penciler, or the penciler and the inker, or even the inker and like whoever is doing the writing, because the inks can radically change a story by highlighting different details and making the reader I, focus oh, yeah. on those details. Yeah. Like when we talk about uh, Porkins's uh, conflagration, the previous page, like a lot of that is done in the inks, right? Is the like the lines around the skull, making it clear that that is a human head that is being burned. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left of him. Oh, God, we can't even take it even back to his family. Oh. It's a closed casket ceremony. That's all I'm saying. There was nothing left. <laughs> he was my friend. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just so anyway. Uh, but that kind of discordancy between like, especially 
inker and penciler really speaks to more of a rushed process. What's really telling and actually isn't on this book. So there's some saving grace there is when you have multiple inkers or pencilers on a book. That's and that's when you're really rushing and going like, we just need you to do this page, you to do this page, you to do this page. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, let's go to the next page here. And once again, I feel like we're flying in formation except one guy here in these TIE fighters. Yeah. And I don't even remember who this is, who gets blown up here. Uh, but I just love this first panel where they're all flying in and it's like, Steve, Steve, Steve. (laughs) What? What? Uh Uh-oh. Watch it. You've got one on your tail. Brow, sprow. I do like a good kawoom. Kawoom is solid. I don't know about sparrow, sparrow, but I do love a kawoom. Kawoom. And then on the bottom of this page here, we get the first name drops of Biggs. <laughs> Just in time. Just in time. Because, yeah, Biggs, you've got one on your tail. I can't shake him. Uh, and can't shake him, iconic Star Wars. It's an iconic Star Wars line. And that's when Luke swoops in and takes him out. Yeah. Not Biggs, the TIE fighter. <laughs> I'm putting him out of his misery, man. Better I send him to a fiery death. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Biggs won't make it, though. Spoilers, guys. Because, um, yeah. Now is when we cut inside in some good dramatic, like, page turning to several fighters have broken off from the main group. Come with me. As Vader's like, I'll handle them myself. Yeah, that makes me think of that scene from earlier. Couldn't that just have been here? Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> into the weirdness of that whole sequence, but whatever. This is where we're slowing every moment down because they took they took too short a time to get through so much of the other part of the book. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We get Luke getting hit really quick. Wedge coming in and saving him. Uh, yes. Really getting some good wedge name drops in here, which I think in the actual movie his name is said maybe twice. Yeah. Um. But we really got to hammer home that Wedge was there. Don't forget Wedge was there. Because he's in another comic book that you should be reading. Yeah. What's this here? It says a note to buy Rogue Squadron. That's interesting. (laughs) Actually, can you look up real quick? When was the Rogue Squadron comic uh, running? I'd be be curious to know if it was running at the same time. around the same time. Because I feel like Rogue Squadron comic book. Searching on Google. Um... I'm on Wikipedia. Sure, sure, sure. Probably should go to more often. Uh, I'm, 95. I'm, July 95. 95 it started. So it's it's okay. firmly running at this point. Absolutely 95 and 98 is. is when it's running. So we're definitely okay. in the thick of it. Because, uh, yes, on this next page, we have Gold Squadron saying we're starting our attack run. I'm sure this will end well for all of these Y-Wing pilots. Um, I love the focus on the guy drawing on the map. <laughs> oh, on the previous page, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right here. Yep. There I, we go. I was always curious about how those, because I think they're star charts, right? Yeah, they've got to be. How do those work in a two-dimensional configuration? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that, <laughs> it's the classic thing of, obviously, and Lucas talked about this, being so inspired by like World War II battle movies. Sure. But where, where, some, where some stuff is just the one-to-one, it hasn't been changed for the space version of it. Mm-hmm. So it is just them going like, <laughs> yeah, as if it's like, we'll attack here and there. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. That's the... There's literally... Where's the Z-axis here? Yeah, yeah, there's no... This is not... Uh, Yeah, the, 
Shouldn't it everybody <laughs> need holograms and stuff like that to go? We're gonna come up there to here, but yeah, he's just going. <laughs> Space is just two D at a certain point in Star Wars. I know. Yeah, so, yeah. And we always talk about that. Why is everything meat and ship to ship? You know, nose to nose all the time, constantly. Because it's cool. Yeah, because it would be weird. <laughs> I mean, like you're going like, well, wouldn't the better thing to be like, okay, get real low, come in and attack them from the bottom or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's still we're still all just on water, basically. Yeah, and there, there is something to be said about like, if I'm gonna get real nerdy for a second, like there is a reason that like galactic discs form on a gravity level at like sure. a certain plane that exists, but sure. that has no bearing on like movement within that system necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that any kind of actual space combat were it to be real, would look quite a bit different than we know it from all the space franchises. Well, uh, except for maybe Battlestar Galactica, which really leaned into you can't see anybody anywhere, so you really have to rely on, like, the little 3D map in front of you and your instincts and the fact that the the Vipers could, like, really go in a 360 pattern with their little thrusters. At that, was, uh, that was one of the few shows where they really did, like, incorporate space into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, which is interesting for at least it's starting its life, the original show, as just a ripoff of that was TV Star Wars. Sure, absolutely. Uh, speaking of ripoffs, uh, we have some deep shadows, uh, like we're going into some Mignola territory in this next page when we yeah. have the... Uh, we have the rebel uh, council chamber. And what do you know it? Mr. Clean right there, middle of the panel. I got him. He's between <laughs> and 3PO. So I, I'm going to be re-watching the, uh, the movies later, and we'll see if I can spot him in the film. Leia's like, what is that? Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> they came from behind. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, here's another thing. Let's see here. Do we even get... No, yeah. So, okay. Back on the page, we saw Vader going, everybody come with me. Mm-hmm. And then we don't even see Vader's fighter. We just see in his cockpit. To be fair, I think that's true in the movie, too, right up until the fighter is coming right on top of the Y-Wing. Oh, that could that could be. But it's just... it's it, uh, If it is, then it didn't bother me in the movie. But here, it felt weird to me. Yeah. Well, and especially considering his, like, TIE advance is such an iconic oh, ship. Oh, right? it's so cool, too, yeah. And so, not seeing it until this next page, and it isn't even coming in dramatically, we just see it flanked by two TIEs, and it's not until, because, like, okay, this is when we're getting into the 3x3 the three three grid structure here, is on this page, yeah. when the Y-Wings are coming in. Correct. Uh, yeah, and this, this is, is where, this is where I was getting actively mad at this comic book because not because this is a lazy uh panel layout well, because in fact, as we've talked about things like watchmen i think tom king also uses the nine panel grid very intelligently very purposefully and it can be used really really effectively yeah. especially when conveying really fast kinetic action right because you have so many panels laid out on the page and there is this really kind of rhythm to the reading of just like this one this one this one it feels like this one this one it feels it does feel like a movie's cutting between shot to shot to shot to shot to shot 
yeah, it can be super effective when laying out complex action. Not here, and <laughs> that could have been a boon to an exciting space battle, right? Yeah, this is pretty boring, though. I thought <laughs> it, it it really, really is because we. Okay, so just to like, I I really dislike doing this, and you do it all the time on the action shelf, and I don't blame <laughs> you for it. But like, yeah. how to make this better? Yeah. <laughs> And the thing we always say, and we'll say it here, and as we do on Action Shelf and Meet the Monsters, we are not saying we're geniuses who are coming up with this stuff, but some of it is just, guys, it just, you know. Yeah. If we want to play it as like a kinetic fighter, V fighter, kind of like bombing run versus uh, more like quick fighter thing. The layout of the panels here is so lazy. I, not the layout, but like the, the the rhythm of the storytelling here, I feel like is a little lazy because yeah. it goes from cockpit shot, fighter, fighter, cockpit, 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 explosion, fighters, cockpit, explosion. Whereas you could have it like cockpit. Okay, gold leader coming in. Then we have Y-wings. Then we have fighters. Cool. We go to interior Vader. Then if the rhythm was to hold, we'd go wide fighters, wide fighters, then interior cockpit explosion, fighters exploding, Vader and his uh, ties being the only ones left. Right, right. Yes. I think that's, yeah. And that's just like super simple storytelling as comics rhythm of just like, if you want to use the three on three on three, it's because you are trying to set up a certain like staccato beat to the reading where it's like, but up, but up, but up, but up, but up, but up. Right. And when you do this weird stutter step, like they do in this, it feels off. It just feels weird to read. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's, that was how I felt it. It sort of felt like, as opposed to being the like, boom, boom, boom. It was just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, it, 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 it's kind of perfect for everything wrong with this comic, right? Where you're right. just going like, it's all just sort of the perfunctory like, yep, then this, then this. And it almost feels like it's more like, we got to do the nine pounds because we got to get these nine shots in. And this is the most space we have as opposed to an actual rhythm design. Right, and exactly. then when it keeps going, the fact that it defaults to this now really has that. It's like if if it was just that one page, it's like, oh, you did this to convey this series of actions. Mm-hmm. No, but now, now, now it feels like the script just went, ah, just do this now. On the next page, it really does double down and starts to feel like we need to get all of these little bits in, and this is the most space efficient way to do it. So we're gonna keep doing that, so we can jam as much, like you said, perfunctory things in as we can. I mean, here's the thing too, where you're like, you're telling me, these the, on this next page, these two these two guys are different people. This seems like the same guy talking to himself. This helmet, the helmet design is yeah. slightly different, but that is the same guy. Gold five has like the little microphone in front of his mouth, but that's the only difference in terms of like trying to differentiate the H differentiate these characters in the art because they don't show a wide shot in that first panel of the helmet yeah there's no way to really differentiate these two characters oh i mean that's the thing that got me about when i'm going like 
I understand because they're saying each other's gold five to red leader, and then that guy goes, I copy gold leaders. Like, I understand, and the shot is different, but like, man, that is just, I mean, I'm sorry, that's just bad art. That is bad art. Especially because yeah. you have yeah. you have reference for what these guys look like. Well, I yeah, guess you don't. Because gold leader, we don't really ever see. Uh, I think we like briefly see him on screen and like, but the fact that they don't even try to differentiate chunky white dude face, like, yeah, yeah. It, it like, okay, one's got a microphone, one's got a chin strap. And from that, we have to extrapolate <laughs> yeah. that they're different people. But like the fact that I went and went, I, I had to go back like the anything that stops me in a comic, I always look as kind of a bad thing. Cause generally I'm somebody who it's so want to get invested in the story and go boom, 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 right? But the fact this made me go, oh, okay, okay. And again, we're talking about like weird uh, timing on this nine panel grid, if I can call it timing. Uh, rhythm, I think is the better word. Yeah, yeah. If we have, okay, conversation between uh, Red Leader and Gold Five, the Gold Squadron's getting mopped up by Vader. Again, we are barely aware of like the actual kinetic energy of that engagement, other than f focusing two panels on one Y-Wing being destroyed, which feels strange and like they're wasting an a panel in this nine-panel grid. And, and who, 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 who was that? Who blew up? Presumably Gold 5, right? Because he gets cut off here when they say, they came from behind. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not natural rhythm of, you know... And then we, the center panel of Luke reacting to that, and then we get this right-hand panel of that ultimate Tarkin moment of hubris, right? Like, this is this is yeah. the line that is Tarkin's downfall, which I feel like should be center page here on a nine-panel grid. Absolutely. Instead, it's which, just kind of tossed in here as, like, that's also happening. Yeah, there's no thought, there's no thought to this being... A piece of art in front of you, really. I mean, and I don't mean yeah. that, but just sort of that thing about like where there's so many things that go into a comic book that you got to think about the 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 page layout and stuff like that, and it, it it makes me mad as somebody who tries to write comics and really sits there and sits there debating. Okay, should this be like a big center panel or the idea to see something like this makes me go like, oh, I guess you could just not give a shit and they'll publish. That's it. That's the frustration that yeah. I'm trying to express is is less about the fact that this exists and more about the fact that people making it didn't seem to care. Yeah, that really Do, doing things with no thought, in my opinion, is more disrespectful to the medium you're working in than having a thought and executing it poorly. Because I do think that's the thing that leads me back towards liking as goofy as that 70s thing is. It felt like it was made with more care. Even mm. if it's all over the place, it never felt like Chaykin was checked out as much as he was like maybe rushed or trying stuff. But I would, yeah, right. I would rather have people fail trying to do something than this where it's just like, we got to put a Star Wars comic out. And it's like, okay. Right. And uh, you talk about Chaykin's like wonky faces. What's up with Tarkin's face in this panel? I don't. Once again, they. Do not have a consistent design for a guy who literally uh, there almost couldn't be more reference for what Peter Cushing looked like. The guy made <laughs> a million movies. He's an iconic face of cinema. Mm -hmm. I, I, the idea that you would just be like, I don't know, because sometimes, once again, sometimes 
especially in the past, not so much in this, but in past issues, we've gone, hey, that's a pretty good Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's frustrating me is it does feel like sometimes the guy's really on and other times you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. So we get three more panels of red boys. I don't remember him calling them red boys in the movie, but I, I, I'm certain he doesn't. <laughs> All right, red boys, come on. I'm trying to think if anybody ever calls anyone boys in Star Wars. Like, come on, boys. Uh, I mean, Jabba says Han Mibuki, and that's Huddies for boy. Yeah, that's that's closest. But there's never like, oh, on Solo, I'm going to round up my boys and mess you up. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we really haven't gone full deliverance in Star Wars. And I think Not there's a, there's a missing hole there. Yeah. Disney buys my spec. Uh. <laughs> So what if we crossed the yeah. deer hunter with <laughs> Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, this is our rebel forces uh, that get caught and forced to play Russian roulette. <laughs> Real messed up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys want some Oscars, though? Uh, <laughs> uh, next page. We're still in this nine panel grid. I still have all the same complaints because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the end of this episode could just be us going, and it continues to be problematic. That's uh, the thing. At, th- at this point in the book, they're just trying to get through a Star Wars. They just need yeah. to drive this to the finish line. And we all know how it gets there. And there are, like you say, perfunctory things that need to happen. And that includes uh, Luke and Wedge making their first run. Vader f- closing in. Wedge having to peel off. Or no, this is when Biggs gets blown up. Yes, correct. Uh, I will say, uh, talk about wonky, the Vader's mask looks all wrong to me in that last. Like, the proportions are wrong. Yeah, the eyes are a little too small. Like It's like he has, like, the uh, a lower eyelids up a little bit in this gle- gleeful kind of like, Oh, Vader's gonna get ya! <laughs> Vader's gonna kill somebody! <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, it's all... It's all I, it feels, yeah, it's it's frustrating because it feels like the book is trying to build like tension and action, and it's just you're going like it's just not, it's just not there, you guys. Right, because Red Leader's closing in. He's got a starting computer up. Uh, Biggs gets blown up. We have no reaction to that. Uh, <laughs> no, you know why? Because Biggs is a, a completely unimportant character in this comic. I know, but I just find it funny that like there is this iconic moment in the movie where Luke reacts to Biggs's death mm-hmm. and. It's iconic because in its original conception, it was this strange moment of like, why is Luke so affected by this guy's death? Right. When we met him 10 minutes ago. But I mean, this is where I go say, go even further in the comic. If you're going to excise literally both of the things that connect into Biggs, then you can't play his death as meaning anything. That's true. That's fair. So this is actually a smart move, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, they're, they run down the thing. I don't know. <laughs> they shoot, they miss. It doesn't connect. Uh, go red leader gets hit. He has to pull away. This is when Luke Biggs and wedge have to go for their last little run. Just like beggars Canyon back home. Just like it. Uh, uh, we get another weird panel in the bottom left here of two X wings going in opposite directions, wow. even though they're going in the same place we're just all over the yeah they they really make x-wing piloting so much more chaotic um the 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 panel looking down at them going into the trench in the middle there that's better because it's like 
they're diving in formation and we actually see another one about to dive in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got Red Leader getting shot down here, though it's actually a little unclear that it's him that's getting blown up. Uh, uh, in a the, lot of stuff that's, I will say, a lot of this is hard to follow, too. Yeah. Uh, I do like the placement of Tarkin in the center panel here. That actually feels appropriate. His yep. rebel base is only a minute away. And he's like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Even though Tarkin's face here is just generic old man now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at this point, <laughs> every panel of him gets further away from Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. And like, the amount of shading work here is almost like romance comic-esque, which I would respect if they leaned more into it, especially with yeah. this nine-panel grid. Yes. But yeah, so we're getting in here. And we're doing a lot of... Uh, the, the, there's a lot of default to a couple of facial expressions for the X-Wing pilots. There's like gritted teeth or like a, uh, you know, and he mm-hmm. just sort of like jumps back and forth between those expressions. Yeah, because we got the looped, shocked face here, even though he's, as he's explaining, like, I'm surprised, but we have to do this thing. It'll just be full throttle as we, it, it makes it sound like the, between the facial expression and what he's saying, it makes it look like, oh, we're going to die, but we have to do this. Oh, oh no. Ah. <laughs> it's like, uh, by the end of the movie, he's not that whiny kid from the beginning of the movie, really. Right, exactly. But here he still is. And so <sighs> we get Vader chasing him on the next. Mm-hmm. And again, real big inconsistencies about like how to tell a story in a nine-panel grid. Same complaints I have about this page. I was just like, Vader's sudden chase should feel dramatic. It's like Jaws. It's He's coming yeah. out of the depths to annihilate the next batch of people coming down this trench because well, he's done it twice already. And they once again aren't emphasizing Vader's ship very much as being... Like, you see the formation of the, the TIE Fighters and like, yeah, but... Vader's ship is different, but because of the way this is drawn and the details of it, it's only slightly different. So it still just looks like what you're not getting is the like, oh man, as other as other ties are falling away, this ship is yeah, is the shark from Jaws. It's ever on you. I can't get rid of this guy. Yeah, uh, Wedge has to peel off because he can't help you anymore. In fact, uh, actually, I'm looking at that middle panel on the last section there. Mm-hmm. And literally, they're not even drawing Vader's tie to look different. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the bottom middle panel, they've not drawn the advanced tie. It's just another TIE fighter. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't that's, like that. That's pretty bad. Because <laughs> when you think about it, not only, it's, not just, it's not just there to be like, hey, that's a cool ship. It's there to go, that is Darth Vader's ship. It is doing what we're complaining about. George Lucas was smart enough to go give the main bad guy his own thing. So the the very least, as an audience, I know, oh, shit, that's the one with Vader in it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, next page, more nine panels. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you do it, the Vader ship is back to its correct uh, shape. Um, I yep. don't know uh, why we need the, the close-up on the hands firing. Because Biggs needs to die, and we need to see the hands that do it. <laughs> And those are those are Vader's hands, right? I would only assume, based on the layout of the panels here, if we got Vader's ship, then Vader's hands, then Biggs blowing up, and everyone's sad. It would have to be, but everybody's wearing black gloves when they're flying a TIE fighter, and they all have the same stick controls. So yes, I, 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 I know it's Vader's hands, but what I'm saying is, that's not good, you guys. 
Well, all we know is in the next panel, Leia and Wilford Brimley are sad. I forgot about the Brimley cameo in Star Wars. It's just, I know this is a problem, princess, but the real concern is diabetes. Uh, and also, I might be the thing. Uh, well, that's always the case. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, this is a better Cushing, and I also like... That's a good Tarkin pose. The the, the hands under the like. Mm. The hand on chin is the classic Tarkin pose. Yeah. Like every time we've seen a Tarkin reestablished in Star Wars, whether it be at the end of Episode Three or in Rogue One, we've always at least gotten one Tarkin yep. hand on chin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I like. See, I like this better. Like the hands, I didn't like. I actually really like the drawing of looking over Vader's helmet out his cockpit window. That mm, is that mm -hmm. is cool. And I don't think that's a shot that's actually in the movie. Um, but it's a cool thing that a comic book can do easier without the special effects of a movie. And I like that. Right. Um, and again, this nine-panel grid, it's meant to convey motion, action, quick cuts. We're getting to the finale finale of the scene here uh, for some reason talk about action quick cuts but it's cutting back between places which makes it tough it breaks up flow it's not like action 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 you're like oh now we're here now we're here now we're here which again can be effective and when you see something like Watchmen do it where it's like okay we establish the pattern of the nine panel grid and then and we start to tweak it and I'll just stop the comment we know it's not Watchmen alright yes that's like the greatest <laughs> thing ever made but we're <laughs> Yeah, it turns out the Star I'm, Wars special edition comic book tie-in isn't Watchmen. I'm waiting for the comments below to be like, well, Jesus, Watchmen's your barometer. <laughs> Everything no. sucks. But no, exactly. I, I, like, I bring up Watchmen because I think it's the most widely read thing that uses the nine-panel grid to such great effect. And like I've said, uh, I really recommend people check out the the Tom King books where he does it because I think he's a modern comics person who is who uses it effectively like Moore did and very the, consciously i think the most effective use he has of it is in his mr miracle run mm -hmm. uh does it really really well yeah and it's and that's a conscious thing where it's like they are purposely doing something with it here this just feels like default it doesn't feel like this is nine panel grid because this is an artistic choice it's more just like like we're saying it's really done out of like real estate yeah which will get us the most bang for our buck uh, Luke turns off his starting computer. They wonder if he's okay. Uh, we still don't know who's talking to Luke. I'm assuming he's talking to himself in the third person in his head. It's, it's so funny that how do you not have a word bubble from Luke going, Ben? Yeah. I, Isn't that in the movie? I'm, it has to be. I know. I don't actually know off the top of my head. But, well, I mean, obviously the movie has been... Clearly I need to rewatch A New Hope more so that I, I can know it line by line. <laughs> I don't think you know this movie very well. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you seen Star Wars? It's really... I, I have seen one Star Wars. It's where they, they spend the first half of the movie, like, breaking onto the ship and putting the crew back together. And then the back half of the movie, they're fighting God on a TV screen? That's a Star Wars, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> So many god creatures in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Just the uh, one that I'm aware of, actually. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so the Force is strong with this one, but... the. I, I, by the way... His word bubbles are wrong in that middle panel. Yes. They're, they're, they've been, like, pink for the entire series up till now. Yeah. And then that middle panel, it's wrong for some reason. I was going to say, know. 
huge missed opportunity here to do something kind of cool and artistic. Do the half of Luke's face and then do the other half of Vader's face and they could mirror them. Instead, it's the same. It's the left side of both of their faces. I'm mm. saying well, the left side of Luke's face and the right side of Vader's face and you split them with the panel. You don't have to do it, but that would have been something that would at least explain why we're getting these like half profiles. I would be very curious to know if all of these panels were drawn on the same page together or were the panels drawn independently and, and then, then assembled after the fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's kind of what we're, I think that's kind of what we're getting at with the nine panel huh. grid is it's like we have all these individual panels and we're just placing them where they need to go on a page, not like it was all designed as one page layout. I'd be very curious about that. I didn't think about that, but I think you might be onto something as to why this is reading wonky. Mm. Like, we need mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. images. And then they right. basically put them together almost more like a storyboard than like a comic book. That is really spot on. This yeah. reads like a storyboard that. A storyboard can look like a comic book and sometimes do read like comic books, but they're not supposed to be the final product because in a movie where you have it storyboarded, everything in between in the gutters gets filled in by the motion of the film. Exactly. That is is not what happens in comic books. They are individual snapshots of this, 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 and this. And it is purely just, it goes from here to here to here to here to here to here to here. It doesn't matter. Mm. There isn't a flow to it. Yeah, I think that's... That's what we're looking And so I think, but I think the creation that you're talking about would lead to that when it's just like, okay, we need these 14 images or whatever. How do we get them on a page? Well, I'll put one here, one here, one here. Um, mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, well, this whole thing, because this is a tie in, uh, obviously, there's a lot of like, this is what we're reading isn't really a comic book. It is promotional material, right? I mean, yeah. so it, it, I feel like the. I don't feel like anyone involved. It's not even that these are like bad writers or artists as much as it is like, well, this is the gig and Lucasfilm says we need this out by this date and Dark Horse just needs a product. When a construction worker is told to build a wall yeah. of an office building, they don't care if artistry and craftsmanship is put into that drywall sometimes you just need to throw up some drywall that's kind of what this feels like it's, <laughs> it's a really soulless comic made by people who we looked at these crap i mean everybody here is a professional who has yeah. done all their better work but this really does just feel like it has to come out on this date to coincide with the release of this movie and mm-hmm. yeah anyway uh, next page we get r2 getting shot uh, I've lost R2, Death Star's cleared the planet, it's about to blow up, everything's about to pop off, and in a better comic book, this would be super dramatic, as everything is coming together all right now. Tarkin saying, well, you may fire when ready. Vader saying, I have you now. Rebel bases in range. Yeah. If it was laid out so that it like had a better rhythm to it, this would feel very dramatic and impactful. I've lost R2. Why do we not cut to a 3PO reaction instead it's an over 3PO at Leia? Especially when... Just a couple pages ago, we had a close-up of 3PO going, hang on, R2. Like, draw that friendship closer. That's key. No, no, no. We just get to see the back of 3PO's head. Yeah. (laughs) And we get this, like, side-eyed glance of Leia going, like, I bet you're really upset about that, R2. Anyway. um, I think she's looking at 3PO being like, I'm going to die next to this asshole. (laughs) I like to die next to this annoying robot. (laughs) We knew this day would come. Uh what uh we get we get the vader what as the ship 
other TIE fighters are being blown up because guess who it is? It's Han Solo going, Yahoo! Yahoo! Does he go Yahoo or does he go Yeehaw? Oh, that's a good... I. Ooh. Man, I'm remembering it both or, ways. Or is it or is it more of a wahoo? I don't remember. It's it is a exaltation, that's true. And you could write it as Yahoo. I think that's fine. Yeah. It's I mean, in my mind it is a yeehaw because it was very cowboy y sort of I don't know though. It could be a Yahoo. It's but as you point out, it's kind of right. It's kind of just a sound Harrison Ford makes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, oh boy, the worst case scenario when your uh, when your Tie Fighter carangs, man. I just wow, you can't you gotta, have a you yeah. got to take that into the shop. He got caranged pretty good, and so Vader goes spinning off into space. Yeah, Han, take the shot, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. Yeah, Luke you know, takes the shot. You know what's great though? We don't get the cut inside of Vader's cockpit of him being like, "Oh no!" As he yeah. flies off into space. Yeah. yeah. Because his reaction to that happening is unimportant. <laughs> well, like so many things in this book are unimportant. Uh, we get the torpedoes going in, the ships flying away, and oh. then we finally break our nine-panel grid as we get a Death Star explosion that is I so want, uninspired. I want to talk about the torpedoes going in for a second. They, they go in side by side together in the movie. Here, one is well ahead of the other one. Eh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've been nitpicking this whole thing. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just like at this point, I, like the comic book. I'm just trying to end this thing because I'm this just saying, book like, is so. In the movie, it's not like one torpedo, two torpedo. It's like they just go in together. Shum, shum, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This this is just fire on a page, though. When you talk about the Death Star exploding, it doesn't have any of the impact or iconography of. When that thing goes up, I can picture in my head distinctly what the specifically the Death Star exploding looks like. And it's actually, there is no shot like this where the screen is consumed by fire. Uh, Death Star 2, yes. Death Star yeah. 1, no. No, exactly. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million without even, once again, it's not his face on screen saying that. No, well, we just need the dialogue. That needs to be there. <laughs> And then once again, I guess Luke tells himself, remember the Force will be with you always. They never do anything to indicate <laughs> Once again, they just assume we know that's Obi-Wan talking to him. I, I think you saying this is promotional material is so dead on. That feels so right about how to describe this book. As just like, this is the thing you would get in a kids meal at a fast food restaurant yeah. being like hey kids remember the star wars oh i will say if this was like handed out at the movie theater during screenings no complaints that's exactly what this should be You'd be like oh for a regal comics produced thing or like a regal cinemas produced thing pretty good <laughs> but as a limited run 3.99 an issue uh oh. promotional series <laughs> this isn't worth anything this shouldn't they should this yeah this should be free man um this is terrible um, so Luke flies there. We come down. I don't know what happened to Luke Skywalker has no eyes anymore. Well, yeah, he suddenly became a Mignola drawing again, as he's like mostly a shadow monster. And, and this book just can't wait to end. Yeah. Cause hard cut next page. This took me so by surprise when I was reading this last night it was just like, we land. Everyone's grateful. R2 will be fine. Hard cut to everyone gets medals except for Chewie. 
And R2-D2 beeps agreement. The fact that that's the last caption box. The, the caption box on this last page like drove me up a wall because it really drives home the fact that Chewie doesn't get a medal, but mm-hmm. he somehow approves of the situation. Don't you remember when Chewie gives a big two thumbs up? Yeah. No. And this has always been like a fun inside joke in Star Wars, right? It's like, well, Chewie didn't get a medal. Why didn't Chewie get a medal? Yeah. And there have been some books that have been like, oh, he refused the medal because he's too humble. Or It's that classic thing of like, no, 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 we're fine with it being a joke. We don't want it explained. <laughs> right. Yeah. I always love that when people do that, they go like people joke about stuff. Fans joke about stuff. And then creators will go like, oh, we better answer this. Like, no, that's not a valid question. It's an oversight in the movie. We're pointing it out. Any answer is always like, lame, man. No, Chewie didn't refuse the medal. That's dumb. It's a fun goof. Let's just accept it for what it is. Yeah, it's sort of the thing where it's like, we can love a thing and also be like, yeah, that was kind of dumb that they didn't do that. And also, (sighs) I got to say, this is so much less epic than the actual medal ceremony. It looks like there are like 12 guys there. It's so many people in the movie. Well, it's so many people. It's as many people as they could fit on a matte painting in the movie because yeah. they ran out of extras. So they just exactly. digitally inserted more. Which is great, though, because it's, it's it looks like this massive ceremony. Here it looks like, and it's the same guy. Why is it just this one, like, construction worker guy replicated <laughs> in his little hat? I mean, to be fair, in the matte painting, it is the same guy over and over and over. Well, it is, but let me say, it's not this, like, bland, though. It's not a guy in olive green with, like, a beige hat. The fact that we don't even get our main characters' faces in any detail in the medal ceremony in this last page is yet another just, like, okay, we just gotta end this thing. Because it's just, like, little dots on a little blob in the distance, and, like, you get it. We've all seen this. This... This less ended and more just ran out of pages. I guess <laughs> I guess the book's over now. Yeah, the book is over and so is our coverage of it. Thank uh, you. I'm I, This was our little break from the 70s and I can't wait to get back to the 70s. I know, right? What a weird palate cleanser we've taken where it's like the palate cleanser we took for the 70s actually made us long for the yeah. 70s. I, I'm sorry. Back to the 70s. <laughs> Never mind, yeah. I guess here's my question for you, John. Sure. This sort of comic is something we've come to expect when it comes to, like, tie-in books, right? Yeah. So, when we have other related material that we're going to be covering on this show, when it comes to uh, adaptations of certain movies, uh, I know for a fact they've done ones of all of the movies thus far, as well as Rogue One. I don't know if there's a solo one, actually. I don't know either. I would imagine there is. There has been for pretty much everything. The interesting thing now is, though, they're done after the fact. Like, the Rogue One came out months after, and I think they're much more lovingly created. I don't buy them, because I don't know. But from what I see, at least the art is a little bit, you know, more polished. I don't know, and that's why my question to you is, yeah. how much more thoroughly do we want to dip our toes into these waters well, going I think, forward? I think, I think we answered our question about, because uh, you and I, when we were talking about this, should we do this as all one episode, or break these up in issues? We go, well, I think there's enough here if we do these four issues. Then I'm going, oh, I think the adaptations will now just be one episode of the show. <laughs> I think that's a given. I, I think that is correct, yes. We'll like, I, I believe. 
we'll do it as like it's an adaptation special or something because it'll probably take us a little bit longer to get through. Mm-hmm. But this in particular, I'm going like, you know, I, I I hope this has been entertaining. But there's a part of me that worries about these last four episodes have been two men saying the same thing every week for the last <laughs> month, and we're like, this is bad for the same reasons it's always bad. <laughs> to be fair, though, we were kind of doing the same thing with the original issues of the 70s. Yeah, obviously now we That's have right. this. I think, I think now we've learned from these two experiences, the adaptations we kind of just need to do as one. They can't not be acknowledged, but maybe they don't need to be as in-depth acknowledged. So when I ask you about another adaptation. Yeah. That is on the horizon of. The Star manga. Wars A New Hope. The manga that yeah. came out in 1998. Yeah. There are also four issues yeah. of that. Yeah, I think that I think I think we should try that one as a one-off, is what I'm saying. But here's the thing with manga. Yeah. I, I and listeners, we're going to be covering the manga version of Star Wars. I, yeah. I'm going to be driving us into this. So, like it or not, send your letters to Mike Gergoni. Um Well, just, I, I know you don't necessarily have the same connection to Japanese comics no. and, like, film that I do. Um, well, and I'm not yeah. even saying I'm a thorough expert or anything. Animation. But, um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because film, yes. Uh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you want me to talk about Kurosawa? I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> um. But... Each of those uh, adaptations, there's four issues of it, but each of them are 80 pages as oh, opposed okay. to 24. Well, then, then, yeah, then that's then that's fine. Yeah, then we should do those. Yeah, otherwise we'll be here. So it's like, clearly they're devoting more time to each actually, individual that, section of the book. That makes me very curious, because I think one of the biggest things we've looked at from the last two adaptations have been how you space this thing out. So longer, we'll see. I No, I, yeah, in that case, yeah, if they're that long, then then yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in, in the other case, it would be that one issue of that is about as long as it would take us to get through a normal four issue. So yeah, let's, we'll do those. That'll be our next sort of, I don't know if we, we haven't exactly figured out. We're going to go back to the 70s. We're going back to the 70s, and we're going to be leaping into the 2000s a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil things too much, but in terms of our coverage going forward, our plan is to leap back and forth between the uh, the original Marvel era yeah. of the 1970s into the 1980s, and then also diving into the like mid-2000s Dark Horse era Star Wars comics that kind of drew us into creating the show in the first place. And I think and, uh, going you know, back and forth on those. The thing with the adaptations, we're trying to do them in the the period of like we're doing the New Hope adaptations prior to Empire coming out. Then we'll do the Empire right. adaptation, such and such. So, um, yeah. yeah, that that's how we'll go. So we'll get to the manga one before we get to when Empire comes out in 1980. But right, uh, exactly next week on the show, it's uh, we're back to issue 16 of Star Wars from 1978. Feels like we've been away for so long, but uh, <laughs> it's time to get back into the seventies and and this is a big one because we get we get the introduction of a new uh, bounty hunter character. Yes, a bounty hunter character who has survived to this day in the modern yeah. comics. So he, I think it's fu- does he still have an ongoing? No, I think he had an ongo he had a miniseries during the Bounty Hunter Wars stuff yeah, crossover yeah. that happened a little while ago. Yeah. I don't think he still has an ongoing though. Yeah, because I think there is a Bounty Hunters comic going. Is yeah. That I haven't yeah. read any of that. Uh it's a little all over the place, but it's yeah, not yeah. Bad. like all the Marvel stuff of the modern Star Wars comics. Good, yeah. 
all of it's like pretty good to yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of the thing is, and there's a lot of it now. So we're now at the place where when I was reading all of it, now I'm like, oh, I'll get to the bounty hunter stuff someday. Back when all of it was just the Star Wars comic and the Darth Vader comic oh, and eventually crazy. Afra. And then, and then the occasional like, oh, I'll read this four issue Chewbacca miniseries or whatever. That was right, easy. Yeah. Now it's like oh. it's like eighteen Star Wars books. I, mean, <laughs> I love Star Wars, but it's like it, like with anything. Now we talk about that. It's like, but I all the superhero stuff. I'm going. I love superheroes, but I can't just watch superhero stuff. Or, you know. <laughs> uh, but in the way we talk about uh, leaping back and forth a little bit in our coverage, if you have any Star Wars comics you want us to cover, especially yep. from like the the '90s, early 2000s Dark Horse era, uh, specifically shorter series. Um, <laughs> that we can cover in like little bursts here and there. I think the little bursts we're interested in covering some of the more oddities, the 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 little singular kind of um, maybe more conceptual stuff that was like, let's give this a shot. I'm already saying uh, the Infinities comics are already on the uh, the the watch list. There, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be getting to those. Similar, we'll definitely be doing the New Hope one in the New Hope era here. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I, and I'm excited because I do love the Infinities books. Um, yeah, so let us know that in the comments down below, or you can send us an email at punchupent, punchupent, at... Like the tree folk. Like the tree folk at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, and of course, you can visit us online. Uh, we're at May the Panel on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and if you want cool, exclusive bonus content from this and all the shows on the Punch Up Entertainment Network, we have a patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punchup. And there right now, it's just a few episodes in, uh, is the uh, the show that I do with Brandon Jones uh, called Night's Talking, which is uh, him and I going through all of Kolchak the Night Stalker, episode by episode. So if you're missing weird 70s genre content, <laughs> there's a lot of that. And that's at the $5 level, because uh, we'll, we'll have more information about that. But some of the levels are changing up, so there'll be more content for less money. What? That's crazy. Better bang for your buck, unlike these comic books we just read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying not to gouge you like Dark Horse did back in 97. So. <laughs> but if you assemble all of our Patreon content into one big mosaic, it spells out a secret message. So yeah. figure it out, listener. <laughs> it says, drink your Ovaltine. Oh, I swear. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> but that is going to do it for this week's episode. Yes, indeed. Uh, and as always, I've been Mike Argoni. I'm John Campbell. And may the panel be with you. Oh.